This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Down, Mr. Sean Coots. Skydiving extraordinaire and diving extraordinaire now. All sorts of diving really? and shit. But fuck Just that. Into Introduce it. yourself, man. You don't need my dumbass introducing you. I mean, you've had me on before. <laughs> Skydiving instructor, not extraordinaire. Um, been in the sport about. Let's see. My first jump was in 2012. My I got my first license in 2013. I got both of my instructors' ratings in 2016. And then uh, I've just been jumping since then. I, I totaled up my jumps the other day. I'm just over 2,600 skydives, and uh, about 1,700 of those are tandems with someone strapped at the front. What's is there like? Not that this is related at all, but I've been playing Sniper Elite. Okay. Unlike where you jump out of planes and do real things, I get my thrills yep. from a screen a foot away. Um, but one of the things is like there's all these different stats, but one of the things to unlock the new weapon is like total is like total sniping distance so obviously it all adds up is that is that like a skydiving stat like total you have total jumps but then is have you calculated total numbers like how many miles have you fallen how much time have you spent in free fall could you do that um so you actually you're supposed to record each jump technically by the rules um and there's usually a section for the amount of free fall you were in given in seconds and then there's yeah. like a total free fall block because some licenses and stuff require um, a total amount of free fall mm-hmm. and um so i can roughly get that if i'm guessing about a minute per jump just swagging it yeah. um but i also got recently a month or two ago three months can't remember uh, i applied for the what was it 12 24 and 36 hour free fall badge and um what was the other one i got my one and two thousand jump wings and i'll have three thousand here probably in the next year or so jesus christ yeah so what so what do you say what three thousand minutes uh three thousand skydives and then average a minute toward yeah three thousand minutes um which is what there's 1400 something in a day so literally two days falling I mean, if you get the forty-eight hour free fall badge, it's two two actual days falling. <laughs> Sorry, so, two days falling. <laughs> yeah. Um, and how many miles is that? Let's let's say for the sake of easy math, it's one and a half to two miles falling per times three thousand skydives. So Once I get there, so forty-five hundred to six thousand miles. Somewhere around there, <laughs> yes. Well, the International Space Station is a hundred and sorry, two hundred and twenty miles. So, just yeah. a, just a tad farther. <laughs> That's low Earth orbit, yeah. Yeah, Geo, geosynchronous orbit is GPS satellites are at thirty six thousand miles. So that needs to be your goal to have fallen yeah, from, from a geosynchronous <laughs> orbit. They're pretty far up there. I think you could do it. I mean, what circumference of the Earth is twenty four thousand miles, right? So roughly, yeah. So yeah, you could you should travel there. You should travel the world, travel the travel the equator at terminal velocity. And if you want to look into interesting people that have skydived around the world, uh, the guy's name is Bill Booth, and he's the guy that basically developed the tandem skydiving system. He has a jump on all seven continents. Jesus he's got to jump into both poles. Jesus Christ! Yeah. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah. You should. It, what's isn't it? Doesn't Andy Stumpf has? I guess this is wingsuit. He has the wingsuit record, right? Because I'm a total um, normie. I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, I'm a total normie, and I just remember him hearing saying that on Joe Rogan. Because clearly, I have I create no content of my own. I just consume, and I'm a normie with no original thoughts. But hey, this podcast isn't for self-deprecation and hatred. But this, didn't he? Win, I think he wingsuited like 18 miles. I feel like, in all of my knowledge, I feel like that would be something you could beat, right? Um, I haven't seen the full podcast. I think I've seen snippets from it whenever it came out a while ago. Yeah, but. For you to do that, you would have to jump from an extremely high altitude, which is not undoable. It's just hard to attain and, generally speaking, really expensive. Because cool. um, the guys that said it usually have uh, – I know there was the uh, – what do you call it? The Army's parachute team. I cannot think of it. The Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. They had a guy that went out in a C-130, which is just prohibitively expensive for the average person to operate. <laughs> yeah. But you know the military does it. Yeah. And he went out at like – I don't know, 30,000 feet or something like that and flew in a straight line. I want to say he got like 12 or 13 miles. And then I guess Andy Stump, whatever his name is, broke it. But I don't know the details of his jump. I assume he jumped from probably a good 30, 35,000 feet. And I assume he was in one of the largest wingsuits you can possibly get for surface area so you can glide further. And I assume he's very good at it. Yeah. Uh, and I also assume he's fucking ripped because that takes a lot of strength. Yeah. So... I mean, like me jumping from 14,000 feet, if I wear one of the larger suits, um, I can get three minutes of glide time out of that. But like you're out of breath by the time the parachute opens. I believe Like it. it's it's hard. You're, you're supporting yeah. yourself with your appendages like this. Yeah. So and then when you get tired and sloppy, your glide ratio goes to shit. So yeah. the fact that he went 18 miles is pretty good. Assuming it's a three to one glide ratio, that means he jumped from six miles up. Yeah at least um which is you know roughly thirty thousand feet so so what if what are some what are some things you take into i feel like you try to you try to scout or predict like the perfect tailwind would that help oh yeah um so there's what's called winds aloft and wind travels in different layers at different altitudes oh fuck um yeah, so usually like the first load of the day, we pull up the winds aloft data and we try and average where we need to drop upwind because sometimes they're going three different directions <laughs> for the jump. And we usually refer to the first load as the wind dummy test load because we have like an educated guess of where we should, like the point we should drop. And then we have the uh, the actual like real world conditions. Yeah. So last, last weekend, we actually had a, uh, we sent up a load of 13 jumpers and we had the winds going in different directions and had a strategic miscalculation and slight pilot error and four of them landed back on the airport and the rest of them were in cow fields jesus christ it's it happens now could you do like gross distance travel though does it have to be one direction so could you just go with their parameters that they do for the records and everything but i do know they track it with gps they have a uh, Uh, something called a fly site for skydiving which is just a little gps unit they stick on the back of their helmets and it pulls all the data from every axis so you can just replay it on your computer and see your glide ratio your vertical speed your horizontal speed just ground speed every single thing you can imagine as data points it stores in there so i'm yeah. sure that's probably what they were using yeah and they're like i think 200 bucks to get i've played with them before yeah if yeah you need yeah you'd have to get some high altitude because i i know like billionaire like private jets like I know that they, I never knew this until like a week ago, but they, I mean, they, they cruise like higher than commercial airlines. 
They can. Um, some of the highest jets can get uh, what they have a service ceiling. It's called a service ceiling. Um, they can get up to, I think, 55,000 yeah. is the highest yeah. I've heard. Yeah. Um, but up there, there's just not a lot of air. And oh, yeah. aerodynamically, things start getting a little weird and high altitude and speed hairy. and stuff like that. So, But on average, commercial stuff flies from 28 to 41,000. Yeah. Usually, anyone that goes over that either has a point to prove or it's just. I don't know, they got some special reason. There's yeah. not a lot of reasons I'm aware of to travel above about 41,000. Yeah. But I'm kind of new into the aviation world. I'm only yeah. working on my commercial rating at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, of course, in my <clears throat> my mind, I had you going up in like like a U-2 or something. And just... I would love to get up to like 80,000 feet, Fuck, but yeah. you can't actually exist at that altitude without a full pressure suit. Yeah. Well, you know, I well, think it's like 60,000 is like you have to have a pressure suit before your blood boils. Yeah, yeah. I mean... So, SR seventy one could push what eighty five thousand, and then it could shoot the drone off of its back, the D twenty one, back in the sixties, and they said that fucker could pop up to like one hundred and five. Yeah, the um, the was it the X forty five? They said all the speed records in that still stand to this day was uh, technically in space. X fifteen, sorry. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Got into space. It got to like three hundred forty six thousand feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. X fifteen is like. Everyone always brings up the SR-71, which is badass, but, like, I always look at the X-15. I'm like, it was, like, 10 years prior, and, yeah, yeah, yeah you hit you hit it exactly. Yeah, the, the altitudes are – they're all north of 300. And it's like – If you go to the uh, U.S. Air Force Museum in Dayton, Ohio, yeah. they have the X-15 there, uh, which is super cool to look at. Like, it's still burnt and everything. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's actually a lot smaller than you think it is. It looks well, fairly large in pictures, but you get up there and you're like – Wow, things kind of tiny. Well, they, I mean, they, they carried it under the wing of a B-52. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, the big fuel tanks they had on the side <laughs> yeah. l- looked like the least aerodynamic thing possible they could have strapped to it, but somehow it, it worked. It, yeah, it's there's a great book literally called, I think, I think it's just called X-15 Diaries. It's it's pretty dry, but it's, it's about if you find it and if you like the X-15, you'll find it interesting. But it's all just, yeah. yeah, it's all just like journals and shit from these pilots. And like one of the things they did is they covered it in an ablative material one time that yeah. looked a little bit like an eraser, like a pencil eraser. So they could burn that off before burning the jet. Yeah, because it burns the uh, the leading edges and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And like there's a picture, I think, of the X-15 that has the pitot tube or antenna just melted. Yeah. Then yeah. The, And there's another... They talked about what they coated. They start to coat the leading edges with is Inkernel. Inkernel is what the vats are used in like nuclear vat- reactors. No, that end like it's where the um, where I first heard that you're right is nuclear reactors, but it's where it's where I first saw it was um the actual like vats that hold melted steel. Yeah. Because yeah, you think like well, what holds the melted metal? Like what is that? Inkernel. And of course, they strap Inkernel on the front of it, and they're like, "Fuck it, go." But yeah, and they make jet engine turbines out of that stuff now too, and so ceramic badass. now, I believe. It's so badass. But anyways, but yeah, uh, yeah, when you're jumping from that high, I know oxygen is a requirement. Yeah, you have to pre-breathe oxygen to purge the nitrogen out of your system. Um, and then I've seen, I remember clicking around a bunch of wingsuit sites a couple of years ago, just seeing the options they had, and one of the options was a pouch inside of it for a mini O2 bottle. Because like you're gonna kind of need it for a little Jesus. bit until you get down to the thicker air. Jesus. All that yeah. being said, yeah, I believe you. I think you could beat 18 miles. Uh, maybe I'm small and light, so yeah. I could probably glide it. But do I have the funds to put towards that? No, not really. Well, we just we just got to get a team behind you. We just got to go Felix Baumgartner on this shit. But 
Yeah, let's pull it back around to what I initially texted you about, because clearly I have no ability to stay on topic. Is um, I'm right there with you. Yeah, is the first I remember you after the first time you came on, and Sean's one of the OGs. Sean was, I believe, first forty episodes, but you sent me a fuck yeah. It's I'll I'll remember you. Everyone else, fuck them. Just kidding. I love all my guests. But point being is, I remember you texted me a picture, and it's you over. Is it the Palm Jumera or Palm Jebel Ali, or am I just Palm Jumera? Jumera, okay. So there are two palms. Uh, most people don't know it. There's the Palm Jumera, which is what everybody's familiar with. Mm-hmm. It's the cool looking Palm Island with the resorts and shit yeah, like yeah. that. And it's got a Dubai at the base of it, mm-hmm. uh, near the base of the tree or the shaft, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, <laughs> hey. Yeah. And then just south of it is the Palm Jebel Ali, which is about another mile wider, but it's just a complete empty barren wasteland right now because they built it and never really finished anything on it. So we used to just go land our helicopters on there and get out, take a leak, and then fly off. So, <laughs> fuck off. Fuck out of here. Gotta, yeah. gotta love that Dubai money. Just, oh, yeah. Just, just it, it's Dubai is a country that just turned on cheat codes. It was like they, they just give themselves unlimited money. So I'm going to correct you here. Dubai... United Arab uh, Emirates. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Dubai sorry. is a, an emirate, not a country. Just for the people that don't know, because I really didn't know a lot about it until yeah. I moved over there as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, they have that. And then there's another one, isn't it? The It's called The World. They tried The to World make... Islands. Yeah, they have that. It's a archipelago, yeah. as they call it. And it's currently being reclaimed by the ocean very slowly. Because <laughs> Shout who out knew ocean. a bunch of tiny sand islands in the Persian Gulf would eventually start washing away? Man, you got it. You gotta love the romantic, poetic uh, imagery of that of the earth of of us putting the earth out there and then the ocean just rising and taking reclaiming it. it. Just like hey, uh, it's coming to us all. You can uh, there's one or two islands out there that are populated. I don't know what countries they are. I'd have to look it up, but um, they have a cool resort and some private stuff out there. I think one of them is like an underwater hotel. Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's cool looking. Yeah, I'll give them that. I mean, hey, it's they made they gave it a they gave it the old college try. They realized that either oil wasn't going to last forever, or it was going to last forever, but everyone was going to move to something else. So might as well yeah. just take that stupid money and turn it into a tourist destination. Yeah, Only problem I think something is, like ninety percent of their income is from tourism yeah, now, not oil. Which and, is smart. Which is yeah. brilliant. Problem is, is they're still got those draconian laws where it's like no alcohol, like. No sex. You can have alcohol. Okay. Just... Yeah, like, it's fairly westernized over okay. there. Okay, all right. Um, they try to copy and paste America but keep Islamic values. Um, so in Dubai, because all of their uh, money relies on tourism, they have to be fairly tolerant to the Western Absolutely. world. Absolutely. So, like, you can get alcohol. The caveat is it's usually only at hotels because hotels are the only place that can afford the alcohol license for it over there. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't really keep you from getting alcohol over yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that shows my limited knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that is that is if that is as, as if Las Vegas became a whole country. Yeah. But yeah, I think point being though is you you jumped over that, and so, but did you land? Did you just fly over Palm Jumeirah, or did you land on that, or did? You... So if you actually look it up on Google Earth, um... perfect entrance for the photo you sent me. Yeah, yeah. If you look it up on Google Earth, uh, Sky of Dubai is basically at the base of the palm, and two-thirds of the runway is a man-made pier, um, essentially, which is pretty cool to see in person anyways. But because of the scale of the palm island, you're not really jumping over the palm island exactly. 
because okay. you have to come back to the airport. Okay. Um, For... So you get dropped directly on top because the Palm Island, if you do the little measurement tool, I think it's somewhere around three miles. So for everyone so. listening or watching, I'm, I'm, I have, I'm pulling up the images Sean sent me of him jumping over and okay. So, sorry, repeat that. I was, I was, um, I was trying to get this picture up. You'd oh not, no, you're yeah. good. Uh, Sky of Dubai is at the base of it, and because of the scale of the Palm Island, you're, unless there's some really weird wind that day, you're not going to be dropped over the Palm Island directly, okay. um, because you have to be able to fly the parachute all the way back and land at Sky of Dubai. Um, and if you look at the scale of it, it's like three miles. Yeah. You're not generally going to be dropped all the way out there, and if you did, you'd have to immediately deploy your parachute and just hope that you had a good tailwind. Yeah. I'll, yeah, and um, so again, yeah, for everyone watching, I'm pulling them up right now, but like a moron, I'm zooming in and out because I'm a child. So I'm just gonna overlay these onto the video, so it'll look better yeah. than me just. Yeah, so I got yeah you with you taking the picture over it. I never, Jesus, I never. In my mind, I always, I didn't realize just how big this was. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the Palm Jumeirah yeah. is a smaller one. I think it's two and a half or three miles. But, across. but still, I mean just on the the leaves or whatever the brand they're called um, fronds fronds yeah yep. it's i thought there would be like a couple houses i didn't realize that it was like full on oh yeah oh like, yeah and they're actually pretty cool each frond is like a gated community essentially um, and when you fly over at night you'll see all these awesome houses that have like led lights in oh. the house and the pool and it's changing colors as you're doing it and shit oh, like that shit that's so God. Which one in particular are you looking at? I'm, I'm uh, clicking um, through them as well. Um, I went through one, three. Now uh, I pulled up that one. It's you with the plane over you. No, yeah, I think yeah. it's the. I think it's fifteen eight nine nine. Fifteen eight nine nine. Okay, yeah, I just pulled up that one. Fifteen eight nine nine. Do you have that? Okay, one? yeah, yeah. So can you walk me just through this? It's yeah. So um, this is my first jump that I did there. So Skydive Dubai is. To explain why I have this picture in particular, Scotland Dubai is considered really the pinnacle of drop zones, skydiving drop zones in the world. Okay. Uh, it's very picturesque and everything because, of course, you have this giant man-made island, mm -hmm. and it's got near the excess of Dubai. Um, but Scotland Dubai, they have a very high reputation to uphold for safety and just everything else like that. Sure. And um, it's not a very forgiving place to jump because there's not a lot of alternative places to land. Okay. Um, so it's a very tight landing area. So you have to have uh, the highest level license you can earn called a D-level license um, for U.S. licenses, which is 500 jumps minimum for the license alone. But they also have a stipulation that you have to have at least 1,000 jumps before you can jump there as well. Okay. So, so it's not, and what, not for amateurs. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Um, and then on top of that, 99% um, of the, the jumps that happen at Skydive Dubai near the Palm because um, there's two locations. There's one at the Palm mm -hmm. Island and there's one in the desert. 99% uh, of the ones that happen at the Palm Island are tandems because that's where the tourism is. Um, and so they, they keep that mainly for tandems. We call them tandem factories for the most part. Sure. You can still show up as a licensed jumper and jump there like I did. But yeah. what they made me do is because they didn't know me and I'm a new jumper there, I had to get out and do what's called a hop and pop. So I had to get out at a lower altitude, 5,000 feet, just me i get my entire separate path of the airplane mm -hmm. jump out they keep going up and someone the um the person that runs the the landing area basically um i can't remember their, their actual name but they actually watched me jump out watched me open the parachute and made sure that I, I flew my parachute safely predictably and landed accurately before i got approved to go all the way up to i think it was twelve thousand five hundred there okay 
So this was my first jump and that picture of me going out of the plane was just my uh, my hand mount coming out and I was doing my hop and pop. So I uh-huh. exited and then immediately deployed my parachute within five seconds. Okay. All right. And that's the one where it's yeah. a skydive Dubai in the bottom of the of the yep. wing. Okay. Where you can see my orange shirt, yeah. my hairy ass arm. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, be- beautiful hairy arm. Thanks, it's- man. <laughs> Got you, bro. Um, I think I already pulled up that one. We just went through. Fuck. Yeah, I definitely need to definitely need to learn uh, image sharing better if I'm gonna <laughs> do this. Pod, yeah, this podcast. is my first time using Zoom, man. Yeah. I always oh, use Skype with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I use Zoom because it's it's because it saves its own video file, and so I can upload a much smaller one quicker. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Now I'm pulling up the one with you, the or, big orange, black and white, or black and orange thing. Big black and orange. Oh, the hula hoop. Yeah. Okay, that's what it is. All right. Yeah, yeah. We did a hula hoop jump. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, yeah. I think I sent you all the pictures of it. Yeah. yeah so it was just a black and orange hula hoop. We had uh, this was last weekend. We had two people jump out and hold it, and then everybody else went flying through it. And it's a little trickier than you would expect because uh, if you want to fly through it, um, yeah, yeah. you got to remember you have an eight inch, eight to ten inch rig on your back so you're a little taller than you expect yeah so you have to aim towards the bottom of it okay and then for you to get um forward motion you have to kind of extend your legs a little bit but if you do it too much it tilts you up like this okay so to go through a lot of times what happens is and i did this too was i caught my heels on it as i went through and it wasn't bad it just kind of kicked it but Mm -hmm. one of my other buddies let me see if i can send you that picture um he ended up flipping all the way through the other day (laughs) which is kind of entertaining, like upside down. Yeah. Uh, one second. I will have that no, one for you. You're, you're fine. Hey, we're both, this is a learning, this is a learning experience for both of us. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. I see the one where it looks like the guy's neck is. Oh, did I send that one? Yeah. I couldn't remember which ones I sent yeah. to you. Yeah. It looks like his, I don't know if it's just a, a freeze frame of him flying through it or if he caught his neck. Oh yeah, six. Uh, six, I think. Is yeah, what yeah, I, yeah. I six, labeled it. Yeah. Six, yeah. Yeah, that's him. That was a guy named Felix. He ended up uh, catching himself and flipping over, but <laughs> no harm, no foul. Jesus, do you think yeah. that? Do you think that there will ever be like? Um, did you ever play Just Cause? Nope. God damn it, Sean. It's um, sorry, I'm boring n- over here. Yeah, Mister Skydive. Yeah. Point being is, it's it's with any video game where there's like a wingsuit or a parachute, but it's just. It's, you know, you jump from really high up and then there's like rings you go through. Do you think there'll ever be like VR? Like when you skydive, not VR, sorry, AR, augmented reality. Do you think there'll ever be like actual rings and you could try to turn it down? Um, I'm sure it would be in the works. Uh, I'm pretty sure everything exists that you could do it. You just have to have the underlying knowledge set of both skydiving and and money and the, uh, the knowledge to work with AR. Yeah. Um, I know they have a VR... I don't remember who had it, but they had a VR wingsuit simulator where it kind of hangs you basically in a harness level in a wingsuit. You have the goggles on, and then there's like a fan in front of you or something, and you kind of get the feeling of doing it. Um, I think I saw a picture of that one, but I don't know where it was at. And then as far as obstacles, I guess you could say, flying 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wingsuits in the sky. Red Bull either used to do it or still does it every year where they have the wingsuit races. Okay. And they have um, hovering helicopters with these little pylons below them, and it's basically a giant slalom. Okay. Like I think they call it the, the Red Bull Aces or something like that. I can't remember. Why isn't that shit in the Olympics yet? Good question. I mean, we have we have lugeing, right? Luge, we have... Yeah, we, have we have fucking curling. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We have curling. Why can't we have wingsuiting? I couldn't tell you, man. Maybe it's like the lethality. <laughs> it's, I mean, in, when it's skydiving and not base jumping, the uh, the risk is pretty low. Yeah, no, no, I know. Yeah, and we've gone through that before. But yeah. I mean, in general to other Olympic activities, it's probably really. I don't know, man. Luge is pretty stupidly, like, So is, yeah, it risky. is. Like, yeah, so is toboggan, right? Maybe. I don't know much about that one. I know a couple people have been killed in luging in the that's, last five or ten years absolutely. for the Olympics. I don't know if it's at the Olympics or just a practice, but I do remember that's happened. Yeah. I mean, dude, <clears throat> they're fucking booking it. They are booking. Oh, yeah. And it's, you're on ice. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's a broken neck. Like, Well, the, the one video I saw, that they went out of the turn and the dude flew out and he hit a steel eye beam basically flat. And that one pretty much killed him. Yeah, he just got slung out. So I'll stick to skydiving because it's actually a lot safer. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, I yeah, I could see it not not as like, not as like objectively dangerous because you've explained that to me how it's it's actually yeah. it's actually not. pretty safe. I'm looking at it just from like the Olympic viewpoint in all my experience planning Olympics. It's just yeah. like, are we Mine gonna too. have someone? Yeah, are we just gonna have someone eat it in front of a billion people on TV? Yeah. That's how I see them looking at it, but. Yeah, so with the... I mean, they did a base jumping on the Olympics one time. It was twenty. What year was that? They did a intro. It was in the UK. Someone uh... that was dressed as Bond, I believe, and they were saving the Queen, and they did that base jump from the top of the um, big arena they were in. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what year that was. I want to say twenty sixteen or something like that. But yeah, that, they essentially did base jumping on the Olympics for the intro thing. Have you seen those videos of? Um... It's there now. There's like Navy videos, but it's the guys with like the four jet engines on like feet and yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think that's going to become a thing, or is that kind of like the like the flying wing thing, where it's like you could do it? Do you, yeah, I was about to say, but do you just have fuck you money to throw at it? Yeah. Ah man, but there were some badass Navy videos of them just going from like destroyer to destroyer, and they're just like oh, yeah. warming it, and it's like oh, this is gonna this. Hey. Yeah, they had one come out a couple months ago, maybe a year ago. I can't remember of them at Skydive Dubai, and it's a dude that's standing on their runway, which is a giant bridge with the jet wing, and he just kind of takes off and then just leans into it and just goes flying around Dubai. <laughs> and then he comes back down and sets down. My people need no, me. No, I take that back. He, he parachuted back in. Yeah, my people need me, and just yeah, gotta go. <laughs> I wonder if that. Never mind. That's retarded. I was gonna say. If we can figure out everything on how to get to Mars, I wonder if that's the way to go. Low gravity, moon, low gravity, you just get in some fucking... But I figured, why don't we just take one step at a time? 
Yeah, it doesn't take much to go on other planets, though, when it comes to gravity, so yeah. it'd be pretty easy, I would assume. But, yeah, uh, yeah. oh, uh, while I'm thinking about it, I was, one of my skydiving students slash tandems that I took a couple months ago um, said that she saw the whole podcast thing that we did. She was like, I was on Reddit and saw you. Oh, I was fuck. like, oh, yeah, you're like the first person that's ever said that to me. Woo! Hey, yeah. shout out to her. Yeah, man, it's, yeah, it's always weird when someone sees the, sees the podcast. Because I'm just i still in the <laughs> assumption that no one watches it. So every once in a while I'll get feedback like, hey, I saw that. And I'll be like, I didn't know this actually existed outside of my like bubble of space time. Like, yeah, yeah, that's badass, though. Well, she was like, I saw you online. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, Reddit thing. I was like, oh, OK. Oh, fuck. Yeah. The person that said that. Woo. Hey, man, I'll take it. It's a win for yeah. us. And then I found myself on Reddit the other day in the skydiving section from a dude that I took on a skydive. Sean yeah. Boots. Climbing the ladder, buddy. Yeah, one small step at a one time. One small step at a time. Um, yeah, so what is now, is there like a definitive, because you're talking about all like this standard, <clears throat> standards, If you, I'm not sure if that's the right word. Um, skydive Dubai, image to protect. They've got a reputation yeah, yeah. to protect, and you got to be able to do X, Y, and Z before you can do that. Do you find that, I don't know how to word this. Okay. Do you miss that? Do you miss that sort of upper echelon, that sort of barrier to entry versus doing it more frequently and doing it at home and teaching people? Is there, I, I don't know how um, to word this. So like at the time that I was over in Dubai, I wasn't working a skydiving gig. I was contracting for their military over there and skydiving Dubai just happened to be there. Um, so I wasn't in Dubai to work in skydiving. Now that I'm back in the U.S., that's what I do on the weekends and everything. So I jump a lot more frequently now because I'm paid to do it now. Um, but, I mean, it's nice to go somewhere where there's, like, super professionalism like that, yeah. but it's also restrictive in a sense, and you don't get newer people, um, and you don't get to teach people and stuff like that. So it's it's two different sides to it. It just depends on what you want. I like where I'm at right now. Yeah. get to take a bunch of people on tandems, get to teach a bunch of people how to skydive and get better at it and stuff like that. And even recently, um, one of my friends, I'll send you a picture actually. Sure. One of the um, guys that was an AFF instructor, who's uh, an instructor which can teach you to skydive, uh, that I jump with there, just got his tandem rating. And for the, uh, basically for a tandem rating, you have to do a special tandem training course that involves 10 jumps total. And five of those jumps are with the tandem instructor examiner, and the other five are just with licensed jumpers. Okay. And so what I did was I volunteered to go on the last two jumps with him as a licensed jumper and um, actually teach him how to do tandems in, in real life, uh, just things to consider, little tips, tricks, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And one of the big things for tandems is exiting because um, a lot of times people don't listen to what you tell them for having a stable exit and they essentially fight back, which can cause some problems. Um, so I was, I just told him like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what you should expect. Um, fix it. And I'm just going to basically be running under you and stuff like that. Keep us stable and, and do your job. Uh, Cause it was one of his last jumps that he got to do before taking uh, actual people. So yeah, they find this file real quick. Yeah, you're, you're good. Yeah. I didn't, I'm clearly I'm spotty. I didn't know that 
Were you contracted for the U.S. military or for the UAE? The UAE. That's badass. Yeah, so I technically was working for a, a UAE company. Okay. An Emirati company, yeah. rather. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was over there for a year until they decided to terminate the contract and get rid of the expensive Americans and put the chief Colombians in there. Yeah. Get rid of Whitey. But, Fuck that guy. <laughs> it's Basically, we're expensive over there, but hey, uh, hey it's not my problem anymore. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, I feel like... In all of my, again, all of my experience. It's almost like I definitely enjoy to do more frequent podcasts rather than like some people that they do like one a week and it's like scripted and rehearsed. And like, I'm sure you could get like huge guests doing that, but I like doing it every day and I just like talking. And it's like, to me, it's like, it's fine honing it and you're getting better and better at it. I feel like that's where you are with like jumping here in the US is like, you just get to do it all the time right yeah you just get to stack up jumps and you just again and again and again and you're fine honing that skill yeah we've actually been um setting our records this past month or so for total uh tandem jumps done in a weekend Mm -hmm. and total loads we've flown um so we've actually been doing quite a bit fuck yeah did you send that i'm still working on (laughs) i thought i had it on my hard drive you're fine yeah um but yeah, what 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 can you say what it was, what you were doing for the Emirati company? Oh, yeah. Um, so basically my job in the military when I was in the U.S. military was crewing helicopters, um, basically managing the back, helping them get into tight spaces, stuff like that. And in the UAE, they have their helicopter pilots that go to the U.S. for their initial helicopter training, and then they come back to the UAE and they learn to fly Blackhawks in particular. So that's what I was doing, which is crewing for them. I didn't have to do any maintenance, which was super awesome. Um, I literally just flew in the back and got paid to do that. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So, so, so the sky... Not shooting anybody in the face or anything like that. Yeah. He's not a combat zone. Yeah. Yeah. So so the skydiving there, that, was, that really was just unrelated. Yeah. It was just happenstance, essentially. Like, I was there, and I always wanted to jump and skydive Dubai, so I just did it. Is there an equivalent in the U.S.? Is there an equivalent sort of like upper echelon kind of, yeah, more professional, tightly controlled thing? Not really. Um, I mean, there's drop zones that have minimum license requirements, but that's usually just because of the area they're located in. It's a smaller landing area. There's not a lot of alternative options for landing if you're not on the airport. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think there's not that many of those. Yeah. So, well, fuck. Yeah, there's a bunch of drop zones in Florida down here. Like uh, one that comes to mind is Scott of Sebastian, and it's just uh, it's near it's Sebastian, Florida, but it's right along the coast. So they have pretty good views if you're looking for coastal places to jump. Um, mm-hmm. Hawaii's got some good views. I've just never been down there. And what else? I think there's some in California near the coastline, but. Um, I don't think there's any other super scenic areas for stuff like that. I'm sending a picture to you. All right, let me pull it up. You should have it here, right about meow. Right, yeah. It's downloading. Um, yeah, I was thinking. I don't. I don't know if we went into this last time, but I was thinking like, if you're just done like a full moon jump, middle of the night. Yeah, night jumps are a thing. Yeah. So um, night jumps are a used to be a mandatory requirement for you to get your D level license. All right. Um, they have some alternatives in place now because enough people complained about it, but honestly, the alternatives are a lot harder to do than just 
two night jumps. Yeah. Um, and so what they normally do is they wait for a full moon night, so you have the highest amount of ambient light, and uh, as you know, as long as it's clear and not overcast. And you go and do night jumps. They have precautions and things like that, where you have to take a flashlight with you so you can look up and inspect your canopy as it opens. You have to have uh, they use basically glow sticks or some sort of colored light, um, usually red on the front. So if they're heading at you at night, you just see red yeah. and a green on the back. Okay, which, you know, obviously makes sense. And then you're supposed to have a strobe light on you as well that makes you visible. Um, for I think it says up to three nautical miles at night, but when it's dark and you have a flashing light, you can see it pretty far out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have probably eight or ten night jumps, and I fucking hated every single one of them. <laughs> um, and the only reason I did more than the two required is I had prepaid for them, and we were jumping literally at midnight as the ball dropped going into 2017, I think. And it ended up being like sleeting conditions. Like once I got out in free fall, like it just overall sucked. Just sucked. <laughs> but it was non-refundable thing. So yeah. like I just did it. It it seems like that's the the caveat of like all. Have you ever seen? There's like a. You know, there's a like big like I don't know like a there's think of like a New Year's Eve like flyer you know for like a bar or something you know it's like tonight only and it's got all the yeah yeah you know it's just some shitty come and spend your money at ten times the normal rate but there's a funny there's a funny like meme that I saw a couple of years back and it and it's like New Year's Eve and it's like nothing different than any other but it's all the same text and it's like oh yeah it's like your date and or girlfriend crying in the bathroom because you didn't have the right selfie alcohol at twelve times the normal price vomiting maybe fighting with your ex girlfriend's new boyfriend new New Year's Eve tonight only tomorrow morning why did I do that but it seems like that's New Year's just in general fuck it we're gonna jump at midnight on New Year's sleeting it's dark it's cold fuck yeah this. yeah it, it wasn't enjoyable to me some people loved it yeah um but I, I tend to not do those anymore just because it's an excessive risk in my book mm-hmm. which sounds kind of funny because of how much I skydive <laughs> but like really it is to me an excessive risk because you're flying a parachute that's only going down. It's never going back up. It's not a plane. It doesn't have an engine. It can't go around and try again. So you're essentially flying an engineless plane that has to land sometime soon in the next two minutes into a dark abyss. Now, if you land on the airport where everything's planned out, you usually have headlights out there illuminating the landing area. If you don't land on the airport and it's dark as shit way out there in the country where most skydiving drop zones exist, who knows if you're going to hit a tree, a fence, a power line, anything like that. You're just going down into a black abyss and hoping for the best. Just to say you did it, yeah. Just to say you did it. To me, it's not worth it. No. I've got the required amount to get my licenses, and I've not really done many after that. Yeah, no, I feel that. That's, yeah. So let me pull up that picture downloaded. Is that your beard going up? Yep, so that's, that's awesome. my uh, other buddy, Sean Sylvester. Okay. He's a... Uh, He's now a newly rated tandem instructor, and I was just riding on the front, just trying to spin him around, mess him up, do everything I could to uh, teach him what actual tandem students are going to do. Yeah. So just fuck around and yep, freak out. Because when you go through the tandem training program, they start you easy and then they work up a little bit harder. So they'll cooperate with you on the exits and be, make it nice and smooth and stable, and then they'll kind of throw you for a little bit of a loop, trying to do like a flip coming out. But after that the last five jumps with licensed jumpers a lot of times jumpers just do it so they can get a free jump there's not a lot of learning value in that Mm -hmm. which is why i said hey i'll go up with you i will teach you all these little things for adjusting harnesses and all this other little stuff that way you get a taste of what it's going to be like yeah and 
was, all right, cool. Let's go do this. And if you watch the video, I'm like, I'm running under him. I'm doing like swimming and just kicking around sideways and everything. Like, that's what you get. That's what happens. Yeah. Is it true that, I don't know if what I saw is a video, it's probably you that sent it to me. But yeah, it's like people who decide at the last minute they're not going. And it's just like, get off my plane. Um, is that I don't know if that was me. I've seen the video of like the paratrooper dude where they stop in the door and like they just kind of shove them out. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, when we're tandem skydiving, I can't really force you out of an airplane in flight. Um, but the thing is, if we're in the door and you say no, sounds an awful lot like go to me. Plausible deniability. <laughs> Once we get out of the plane, we're not going back up. You can't climb me back up from the plane. We've gone. You're in my world at that point. And no one ever really regrets doing that. But the thing is, we're not going to stand in the door and wait and wait and wait and talk about it because we have a line of people behind us that still need to get out. This plane's flying 100 miles an hour, just farther away from the drop zone every second we take. Yeah. And so basically, I figured it out one day. Every extra one second that you spend in the door of that plane not exiting when you should is about five seconds that we have to fly our parachutes back. Okay. So it, it kind of compounds quickly if you have one person that refuses to go and takes an extra 15 seconds or something like that. Yeah. We'll actually have to turn the plane around, do another loop, and that's a lot of time. That's a lot of fuel. It's money. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've had some people get up to the, the door. They're like, I don't think I can do this. I'm like, yeah, you can. Hold on. Let's go. <laughs> Backflip out of the plane. I believe in you. Fuck it. Let's go. Just, yeah. Just no, yeah. No time for holding on. Yeah. No. So there's kind no. of a fine line between like, is that a real no or is that just like a I don't think I can do this or a hard no? Oh my god. Yeah. I, I can't. In seventeen hundred tunas, I've only had two people ever straight up refuse to go and ride the plane back down. And the first one was a dude that had actually been skydiving before, so I don't really know why that happened. Hmm. Uh, and the second one was one of the Red Bull girls, the ones hmm. that come around the Mini Coopers and give out free Red Bulls and everything. And mm-hmm. She was having like a full on emotional breakdown, like running makeup and everything. And like if we had gone out, not only would it have been a safety hazard for the both of us. Uh, but it would have been like lasting emotional trauma for her, and I'd just Absolutely. rather not do that to someone. Absolutely. And here's the thing is riding one of those planes down, especially one of the sportier ones that we jump out of, is almost as scary as a skydive. Because once the last person goes out, they just kind of roll the plane and point it towards the ground, and they'll pass you in free fall sometimes for the yeah. first couple thousand feet. Yeah. Yeah. So, Because like usually the plane is landing before I've landed in the parachute. Okay. I'll be at like a thousand, two thousand feet. Look down, and the plane's touching down on the runway. Okay. Yeah. So those pilots don't give a fuck. Not really. No, they just point it at the ground and make sure they don't exceed the uh, the it's called the VNE, the velocity to never exceed speed for the structural integrity of the plane. Mm-hmm. Point it straight down and go. Time is money. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Isn't that what they do with uh, like new aircraft? Not necessarily every new aircraft, but it's like whenever you're thinking they... of flutter testing. Yeah, flutter testing. Yep. Yeah, they do flutter testing where they take it up really fast to make sure it doesn't vibrate itself. Yeah, flutter. Which, if you've seen the testing videos of why they do flutter testing, you've seen like uh, like older videos from like the fifties and stuff when they're designing the wings will actually start oscillating and just bending and getting all warpy. Yeah. You can just look up flutter testing yeah. on YouTube. It's amazing what happens, and they have actually torn planes apart. Yeah, so that's why everything has to go through flutter testing, and that's why they have those uh, beams of velocity you're never seen. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the the flutter testing videos for the A380, which are just oh, yeah. crazy because you have this this monster 
and you see them and they're like we're at like 0.98 mock and it's like that yeah. thing should not be moving <laughs> at 0.98 mock like yeah it just it starts to bend yeah it starts to bend the mind a little bit you're like that shouldn't be doing that a lot of those larger planes actually have counterweights that are in the uh, along the wing and near the wingtips and some of them are actually depleted uranium because they're really small and very dense and that helps make sense water. i never yeah. knew that but that makes yeah. sense yeah it's yeah it's because I've, I've heard you know i've like watched like I, I always i love watching like little like 10 there's like there's some good youtube channels out there where they just kind of like they use flight sim to like recreate <laughs> famous like plane crashes and they're kind of like little yeah. they're almost like mini documentaries like 10 15 minutes long and they teach you about what ha- you know where the the cabin depressurizes or whatever yeah. twa 800 all these things and they just kind of they do it and as well as they kind of show you and it's it's always really terrifying but i remember one of them was like uh well, there's one depressurized one of the times it depressurized and obviously but something happened to where it banked it just went straight down mm-hmm. and um it's like the people on the ground noted that they saw it falling but didn't hear it and it's because it it, it broke the sound barrier before the wings tore off and yeah I, was like, I mean they're pretty tough but in a depressurization case like that where it went into a dive it was probably because whatever explosively decompressed probably took out the hydraulic lines and they lost control of it yeah but yeah it's just the idea what's weird is um and i'm having him on I'm, i've been trying to get this guy on since like february garrett graff author of the book raven rock it's all about nuclear bunkers and shit but there's a chapter on 9 11 and i know this doesn't seem exciting to you i've been trying to get this guy on <laughs> I've been calling him every week for like, like eight months. Like not not exaggerating, like like borderline harassment. But he's finally going to come on after the election. So, Woo! but point be, point being is um is he has a chapter about nine eleven and it's about um it's two really neat things about Air Force One that I'd always suspected, but oh, it was just wild speculation and not based on anything. But this book was I think the best selling book on Audible in twenty nineteen. This is I mean this guy works for Politico, professor at Georgetown. Well, respect the guy. Are you going to tell me about the rocket assisted takeoff? God damn it. Did I already do that? Well, I knew a little bit about it and how it's. Fuck this. Publicly. Fuck this. You are banned from my podcast. You are. You are. Yeah. 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 Because they said that thing took off in an inordinarily short amount of time and it was quite loud. Yeah. On 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. There there are uh, reports from police officers um, around the airport because remember they thought that they thought they spotted guys with stinger missiles. Which yeah. is obviously just sort of fog of war, but there's a yeah there's a report from there's a report from a journalist on the plane, and then being like, why am I like vertical and like there was some aide on the plane that says there's only two planes in the there's only two seven forty sevens in the world that can do this and they're both Air Force One, yeah. And then there's the report from the officer on the ground, who said he's like I've never seen a seven forty seven go nose over tail straight up accelerating. Yeah, like just into the sky, just kind of did like that kind of maneuver. And the other thing is, um, they're also talking about um, what is it? It's um, it's the the F sixteen. This is the only time on U.S. soil that they've ever had fighter jet escorts, and to keep them to keep the entire to keep the plane escorted the whole time, they would have fighter jets 
kind of you know yeah. they have like five hand it off hand it off yeah one at a time just kind of cycling as this thing went around the country all the while not telling anyone where they were going so it was this yeah. weird they didn't tell off at air force base they were landing there until like five minutes beforehand because it was yeah. it was like who do you trust but there were reports from the f-16 pilots and it's like i know this sounds insane but we were on afterburners and I, we could not keep up with it mm. which is it sounds like bullshit right You're like how does the 747 do that but i mean at what point it's like do i what do i go with what i know a 747 can't do that or from the f-16 pilot who was like well i was tailing air force one on 9-11 i'm telling you we were like radioing what it was hauling ass yeah the the pilot pilot is uh the tillman he's like yeah we were radioing to him where we were like can you like slow down yeah and he was like no <laughs> so it was just these huh. f's which is crazy yeah so what is that is it what is that is it supersonic can it if any 747 could do it it would be that one yeah and of course it would be classified right you would never hear yeah it. it would be classified yeah i don't know how well the aerodynamics of a 747 exactly work you're going it, supersonic exactly but but i'm sure they could probably figure it out with enough money and which they, with enough thrust really anything will fly yeah so. and thrust we trust yeah it's, yes. and that's like the caveat it's like i guess it could if you had money and a need well the president's yeah. detail i think they have the money and the need yeah. so that's why i kept thinking i was like you know what if there was a plane to do it what other plane would it be it's that one yeah i mean it's it's <clears throat> EM, it's emp shielded it's yeah it's the only yeah. one with a, a anti-missile system yeah it makes sense there's a there's a girl i know whose cousin flies the duplicate because there's two of them mm -hmm. and i was like can you get him on the podcast and she was like i'll try it's and, probably gonna be no well she told me the next day she was like so it was a resounding no and yeah. like a and, and like a please don't ask again and i yeah. was like yeah I, I figured that i figured it was gonna be that i don't know why i thought it was gonna work he's just gonna like do is say no yeah so. but it was like no like absolutely not like my wife doesn't really know what i do but yeah yeah anyway having that guy on i'm gonna pester him about that but yeah with flutter testing doing that yeah that's I yeah i don't know what, how we got into flutter testing oh fuck if i know flying skydiving stuff like that yeah yeah but that's i feel like that's if if someone was like having yeah like you said an emotional breakdown i mean that probably wouldn't look very good for the company if there was yeah. like someone having like running makeup and yeah well and just it's a bad precedent to set yeah you were gonna so, kick you out regardless yeah yeah fuck that and i've had it happen a couple times with students that are teaching to skydive and it's not usually because they don't want to jump it's that they get in their own head and when we're reviewing what we're doing in the plane on the way up before we jump they can't tell me certain things they just okay. blank out okay and i'm like all right hey man like i know you want to jump but it's probably not a good idea right now. We're just going to ride the plane down. We're going to talk about it, and then we're going to get back up. Okay. So, because I, I don't want to force you to jump, and then your performance sucks, and then you, you hurt yourself and everything. When we could have just rode the plane down, talked about it, and gone back up. I even had one student that did it. We were loading the plane, and he did great briefing. He knew everything. He seemed super confident. Getting the plane, he's like, I can't do this. And he got out. All right. I feel there would be a greater probability than not that that would be me i would get psyched you'd be surprised very few people do it and then we went right back up uh, a load or two later and he did great 
Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Most people just get in their own head about it and don't trust themselves. And you know, I get it. It's scary. The first guy that you do by yourself, there's no amount of explaining <laughs> yes. I can do that will make it not seem sketchy. Yeah. I mean, I it's... I 100% get it. It's Yeah. I mean, it's why am I leaving this perfectly good plane? <laughs> yeah. And like the planes I learned on, the smaller ones, I had to actually climb out on the step. It wasn't a door and I jumped. I had to fucking climb out on this thing while it's flying, holding on with my instructor and be like, are you ready? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Super sketchy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would freeze up. I would absolutely, I would go full fetal position. I would claw onto something like a cat trying to avoid a bath. And yeah. I would, I would make a scene. People would think that I was getting raped. I would just be screaming. Yeah. So we don't skydive unless you want to skydive, even though you paid for it. If you don't want it for yourself, I'm not forcing you out of that plane. If you're strapped to me as a tandem and yeah, we'll, we'll probably be going. But uh, usually when we get down to like, thanks for doing that. I didn't think I could do it. It was a great time. Like, cool. Here yeah, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It's. Yeah. Yeah. Not. No, I would. I know I'd freak out. It's. Can you go back and touch on that, though, about people that you said? It's not them freezing up, but it's them blanking. And you're like, hey, oh, yeah, you're not in people. a good you're not in a good spot. What is that? So that's not them. That's not them freaking out and saying I can't do it. That's them being like you know, blanket. Well, so we have a lot of ground courses and stuff that teach you the basics of skydiving before we go up. So you have a general understanding of it because when we're teaching you to skydive, I'm holding on to you like training wheels, but at some point I have to let you go and you'll be flying your own parachute by yourself. So if you can't tell me before the jump A to Z, what's going to happen and what you're going to do, then I can't trust that you're going to do it in the one minute of free fall we have in the three to five minutes of the parachute flying that you're going to have to do. Mm-hmm. I can't walk you through every single step and be there every step of the way. At some point, you have to do it. And if you can't tell me all these steps, what you're going to do in an emergency procedure when I'm not there, uh, if you can't do it in a controlled environment, you're not going to be doing it in a dynamic environment. Okay. So. So you just kind of have to draw the line. Yeah, because a lot of people are too timid to say no themselves. Yeah. Now, is there anyone so, that tries to, like, it's the opposite of, like, you can't make oh, a yeah. video? They're like, fuck it. No, I'm ready. Fuck you. I'm ready. Yeah. A lot of people are, especially guys, are overconfident <laughs> yeah. in themselves when they don't know what they don't know. And so they just want to do it. And, it, you know, the younger you are, the, the more it happens, generally speaking, because you have more of a point to prove. Um, but, yeah, there are some people that are, are like that. And I'm like, look, man, slow down tell me what to do and they're like hey man i know what to do you're like all right what about this situation uh exactly my point okay all right okay so yeah usually it's like the 18 to 25 group and or the military guys because the uh, the guys that go through military free fall training are the absolute worst yeah you said um, that you said that the first, was it is it sky kings sky gods sky gods sky yeah gods. <laughs> and then yeah i don't remember if it was before or after the last podcast that we did but i saw it was probably four or five months ago um one of these military free fall guys flying a fully steerable parachute decides to land on the end of the runway at the same exact moment the plane's trying to touch down in that same exact spot and the plane had to dodge him jesus yeah and then probably a month ago maybe a little bit more than that we had a freshly licensed jumper that wasn't flying his parachute correctly and it just was kind of flying him where it wanted to go and he allowed himself to drift all the way over onto the runway and land as the plane was touching down and the pilot swerved as far to the right of the runway as he could to miss him. And had he not done that, he probably would have killed the guy. 
and the guy was nothing but excuses. Oh, the wind blew me over here. The wind was actually blowing the opposite direction. Yeah. Oh, all these other things. I'm like, look, man, you fucked up. Just, just own it. Like, own it. Learn from it. You're going to get grounded the rest of the day because all of us saw it, including the owner. Yeah. Um, and he has every right to be very upset about that. Absolutely. And yeah, some people just don't comprehend the danger they could have been in with skydiving. It's as dangerous as you let it be. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, so, you are jumping out of a fucking plane. You're just, yeah. you're just jumping. And you're flying a steerable parachute, so if you steer it onto the runway and get hit by a plane, that's on you. Yeah. What was... So those... Let's see if I can pull them up. Those videos you sent me. Which one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, the sunsets, we call it swooping do you across care if, the pond. Do you care if I pull that up? Yeah, they're, they're not me. Yeah, it's... um. I'll give you a second to do that because I got to take a leak. You can pause it if you want. I got you. No, I'm gonna pull it up. But yeah, you can you can go. Okay. I'm gonna pull it up for everybody watching. <laughs> for everybody watching. It's um. Yeah. Here. Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> he's good. Yeah. Oh, he's calling. Jesus. Oh, man. And then he sent me this one. This one's badass. Next one. Yeah, buddy. Woo! That's oh, so badass. Nice. <laughs> but that other guy fucking ate it. <laughs> Do that one again. Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> he's good. Yeah. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was brilliant. Alright, I'm back. Untangling my headphones. That was that was brilliant. It's, I just watched those two videos, yeah. I mean the, the yeah, that first, or the the second the guys that do it well, they do it well. That's like that's sexy. You know, like woo, Yeah, it woo. looks super cool in person to do and it's super cool to do yourself. Sure. Um if you mess it up the water hurts a lot less than the ground. So yeah. that's why a lot of people do it over water. Um, you don't tend to break as many bones when you yeah. fuck it up. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is when the water, when you're the first guy down and the water's smooth, your depth perception can be quite off. And even if it's only off by six or 12 inches, that matters when you're trying to touch your toe in versus digging your knee in. Yeah. Yeah. And once you dig in, you just tumble and can hurt yourself. So, yeah. That guy that was doing the flips, though, is that? So it's not. It's a perspective thing. It's not actually flips. You can do them in higher performance canopies, but from the perspective you're looking at it, he's actually just turning. And basically, all we're doing when we call it swooping is we're just diving the parachute towards the ground, 
by doing circles and building up all the speed and then we level out and mm. use all that extra speed to glide across the water and as we level out we're losing speed so yeah. if you set up too far on the back side of the we call it a swoop pond you're not going to make it out the other end dry you're going to go swimming yeah if you set up too close you come out with all this extra speed and have to pop up over the bank and where we have it you have uh, a fuel pump, a uh, windsock, and some concrete. So, so, so not exactly bean bags, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not exactly bean bags. So it, it's <laughs> kind of safer to just sit up too far and go swimming. Yeah, than it is, absolutely. You know, pop out the end. But the problem with going swimming is uh, all your gear gets soaked. Is isn't a problem in and of itself because it can dry out. It's the fact that your base. reserve parachute has to get inspected and repacked again by an FA certified rigger after everything dries, which usually takes a good day or two, and then to repack it and everything is 75, 85 bucks. Yeah. So that one jump while it was fun, got real expensive and took some effort to unfuck afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So I've got a video of me going into the water because my reserve parachute was due for a repack anyway. So fuck it. Why not send it into the water? Yeah. Uh, and the first time I made it about halfway across the pond before I ran out of speed and just went in yeah. the second time while all my gear was wet, I figured I'd take it for another jump. The second time I set up, too close and ended up making it out and we have a, a sand exit that way if we hit it it's just sand instead of solid ground yeah because i was soaked in the process of doing it and i went tumbling through the sand i basically turned myself into a giant sugar cookie so <laughs> i clean all that off all my gear and everything and myself and i was super sandy and everything but it was a good time is is that no is the noise that noise the whistling was, yeah that's it's the, the lines uh, the, the wind uh, going past the line. So the suspension lines of the, on the canopy are actually, even though they're super tiny, are um, what contribute a lot of the drag. So the thinner the lines you can make, the faster the canopy itself will go, uh, but the shorter the lifespan of the lines is. So my canopy this past weekend, I actually have the had the lines replaced on it. Okay. Um, and I, I won't get it back until this week, but okay. uh, they're slightly larger than fat dental floss, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it's got yeah. that yeah that whistling cutting noise. Yeah, but basically those videos. The first guy, if I can remember right, his name is George. He's on like a yellowish something canopy. He dips in and comes out the side. He's a pretty competent skydiver. Uh, the second guy with the I want to say the blue canopies, name is Austin Crandall. He skims across, makes it out just fine. The third guy with the green parachute <laughs> that was Silas, uh, and he, even he said like, yeah, I messed up and got I dipped in a little far. Yeah. Um, bounced a little bit and he's fine it i don't know if there was just if it was someone watching or someone that was standing nearby and made a sound or something but the it first was time, us collectively basically it's it sounds like someone kind of went like like kind of made that noise because right when he hits the the ground after the water it's like it's synced up perfectly that i thought he like shattered his leg no, I mean, like, we thought he could have hurt himself because he kind of bounced in some weird ways <laughs> And I don't remember specifically what sound you're talking about, but it could also just be the canopy okay. itself hitting something or the yeah. water, the ground or whatever, because they make noise, especially when they're newer. It sounded, they sound like a big bag of Fritos. It sounded, yeah, it sounded like snapping. Yeah, that might have just been the canopy. Man, that's a that's a brilliant line. Yeah, we thought he hurt himself because he bounced in a weird way. Yeah, just, you know, after he well, jumped. Well, I mean, a week or two prior, he had done the pond before and overshot at mm -hmm. the end and he had slid over top of one of the little concrete paver stones they have out there and like his ankle twisted oh, fuck. so he it was sore and yeah. then he we thought he hit the same thing again and or his leg in a weird way or his hip so we were just 
kind of concerned for a second, but he popped up and we knew he was good to go. Yeah. Fuck that. Well, yeah, you can tumble pretty good as long as you don't hit anything too hard. Yeah. Fuck that. That seems terrifying. But I said I'd let you go in an hour, and it's one thirty-five, and I don't want you to get caught in that traffic. So no, we're good. We can go a little longer if you want to. And oh, fuck it. Finish up elaborating on the whole skydive Dubai thing since we kind of oh yeah, we did gl- cracked so, off of that. Hey, well you're now you need a monologue because I gotta go piss. All right, you can pause it or whatever. No, you got a monologue, Sean. I'm putting you on the spot. Ah, damn it. Just, just um, so you had asked me about talking about jumping over skydive Dubai. Uh, you require a thousand jumps to jump over there. And my first jump, they made me fly down by myself. The second jump, I actually got to wingsuit over it. And one of the reasons I wanted to wingsuit over the Palm Island in Dubai is because when I was starting skydiving, I had seen a picture on Instagram of someone doing it. And that was one of my goals that I had set for myself was to, at one point in my lifetime, skydive or wingsuit over the Palm Island in Dubai. So when I took a job over in the United Arab Emirates, I was now able to go do that and it was cool to do to get the pictures and everything um but once i checked that box i was kind of just done with it and moving on to the next thing so pinch it off squeeze it out hurry it up surprised he can actually still hear me unlike most people i'm 90 percent h2o yeah, I seem to remember you saying pretty hydrated from the other podcasts that we've done. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I've gotten, I've gotten better at uh, controlling it. Yeah, you're right. I can, sorry, I completely. Yeah, I wasn't trying to kick you off. I just know you said that you've got a brutal. Uh... No, you're good. We got ten, twenty more minutes or whatever. Okay. Well, um. Yeah. For the skydive Dubai thing. <clears throat> are you gonna go back? Uh, probably not for a couple reasons. One, I've jumped at Sky to Dubai, so I've checked that box. Two, that is a long way over there. It's halfway across the world. Yeah. So it's an expensive plane ticket, and yeah. I don't particularly enjoy the desert of the Middle East. Yeah. Three, uh, once I left uh, the UAE last year, um, they still seem to think that I owe them about $1,400 because when I left, I told them to cancel all of my telecom accounts, my, my phones and everything. And... I requested it multiple times and they failed to do so for one of my lines. And they continued to send me a monthly invoice for these services that I was no longer using. And I told them I wasn't going to use and I was not in the country anymore anyways. And I think after like five or six months, they eventually shut off the line and sent me these notices that, hey, you owe, I think it was $1,400. And they sent it to some collection agency or something over Uh. there. So they, they send me an email every now and then and I keep replying back like, you didn't cancel my lines when I told you I was leaving. And so I have this thing that if I go back to the <laughs> Gulf region of the Middle East, they're probably going to ask me to pay $1,400 before I can enter the country or probably get thrown in jail or something. Yeah, that's so probably a I would just rather not deal with that right now. And maybe if I wait long enough, they'll just kind of get over it and forget about it. Yeah. Yeah, I've had that happen with like gym memberships. Like you still owe us yeah. this. I'll be like, I haven't been in that state in three years. Why the fuck would I keep yeah. it? Yeah, no, fuck them. But, you know. It's different when it's a gym membership in a college town in Georgia that I don't plan on going back to versus <laughs> versus the Middle East, right? The whole Middle East. But generally speaking, most people can keep themselves from accidentally ending up in the Middle East when they don't intend to. So most people, but you yeah, know. it should be fairly easy to do. Yeah, you don't accident. You don't. Ah, I took a wrong turn, and you know. Yeah, ended oh, up in the Middle East. I was in Riyadh. Yeah, no, fuck that. Um, 
Yeah, no, fuck that. So that answers that question. But what's what kind of sucks is I lived in Abu Dhabi, which is just below um, yeah. Dubai, and next to Ferrari World, they were building the world's largest indoor skydiving wind tunnel, okay. which is a 32-foot diameter, which is absolutely enormous, because uh, the biggest one in the U.S. is either 14 or 16 feet. Okay. So this thing is ungodly big, and it kept burning down and everything, so they had delays, and they were building it, it the entire it time I was there. Burning down? Yeah, the, the safety building code over in the Middle East is not quite what it should be. That's an and odd setback. It kept burning down. <laughs> it did it at least once. It might have been twice. I know it did it once. So, anyways, more than um, never is too much. <laughs> yes, I would agree. It kept burning. Down. However, um, they were working on it the entire time that I lived there, and then the month after I left, they ended up opening it. Naturally. And so I would love to go over there and just go fly around that ginormous wind tunnel. But uh, I don't really care that much. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked to while I was there. I would have definitely spent some time there. What other cool shit is in Dubai? I mean, you spent that much time over there, or was is it just skydive Dubai in particular that? Uh, I mean, it depends on what you're into. Dubai itself is actually fairly cool to go to for you know a week or so, especially if you know someone in the area and okay. know how things work. Okay. You got the Burj Khalifa, which is the world's tallest building yeah. at 2,700 feet or yeah. whatever. I love skyscrapers. Um, they have the world's largest mall, I believe, over there. At the base uh, of the Burj Khalifa. The, yeah, it's like a giant mall complex right there. And they have the um, – it's like Vegas with the fountains, but it's bigger. And so they have these – every night they have the um, synchronized light and fountain shows, which are pretty cool. The whole side of the Burj Khalifa is one giant LED screen, so they can do all sorts of, like, videos and all sorts of cool stuff on there. Um, what else? They have, you know, the World Islands, if you want to go visit that. They have the Palm Island, which is, you know, cool to visit and everything. The Atlantis Resort is there, which is cool to go yeah. to. They have a um, – brunches are a really big thing over in UAE. Brunches are always happening, and the Atlantis Resort has probably the best brunch there, to my knowledge, and I went to it, and it was excellent. Um, just ungodly amounts of anything you could eat, uh, sushi, drinks, everything. Um, let's see. There's a lot of boating and stuff you can do out there. Uh, there's all sorts of food from all over the world and some just world-class chefs out there. The little salt bay dude is out there. Um, yeah. yeah, that guy. Um, Gordon Ramsay has a bunch of restaurants out there. Really? Uh, yeah. Guess that man. At least, at least one. I don't know why I'm surprised. Um, it makes sense. Yeah. There's at least one. I don't remember the details on it. Uh, let's see what else. There's a lot of history stuff you can do over there. Uh, in Abu Dhabi, where I live, they have the Sheikh Zayed Grand Mosque, which is one of the larger mosques in the world. And it's all white marble, and it's actually pretty impressive to uh, visit, and it's totally free. So That's I've been there a, a couple of times. Uh, let's see what else. The world's highest sand dunes are out in the UAE, which are like 900,000 feet or something like that. I got like two-thirds of the way up and gave up on, on climbing that thing. Jesus. Uh, yeah, see what else is there. They keep building more stuff. Um, yeah. Dubai was supposed to have the Expo 2020 this year, but due to COVID, that got postponed for a year. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a giant expo that lasts for like I want to say five or six months, with almost every country in the world showing up. I guess just displaying what each country has to offer. I couldn't tell you more specifics. Is on that, that, that kind of like? Is that kind of like like the World's Fair? Kind of thing. I guess. Used to be I, like, I like, think that's what they were going for, but I don't really yeah. know a lot about it. Like they displayed electricity at the one in New York, and it was like yeah, this new technology. Like yeah. Okay. And they're building a lot of stuff for that in Dubai. Uh, let's see. What else do they have there? 
they have some decent beaches and stuff like that. Um, Isn't what it? What else do we do? Don't they we have? We did some hiking out in the mountains, which was pretty cool. Where we went to uh, we went to a place called Wadi Shaka, uh, where there was just um, you're kind of almost hiking to an oasis to go swim around. That's insane. Um, that's all that's coming to mind at the moment. I mean, like, there's stuff to do out there and, and kill time, um, but it's not somewhere that I would want to live. You get to see the excess of Dubai and all these giant buildings and stuff like that. Uh, Dubai has, um, for lack of better words, like a river running through it, um, man-made. Mm-hmm. And one of my buddies over there, we took out his boat uh, on a couple occasions. And there's uh, one bridge in particular that comes to mind when you go under. It's like a constant waterfall with LEDs and everything in it. But as you approach, it parts the waterfall so you can go through, and then it continues once you're you're past it. Fucking Dubai, it's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. It's that, um, and Dubai's a a global hub for travel too. Yeah. So you're like, I used to take on the weekends. I basically run away to Europe for yeah. a weekend, it's like to Munich and everything. I could get a direct flight from Dubai or or uh, Abu Dhabi to Munich round trip for like two hundred fifty bucks or something. So I, I'd go there. It's a six-hour flight. You get on there, you fall asleep, you wake up in Europe, you spend the weekend there, and you fly back. Fuck you. So That's awesome. It is, it's just a lot more attainable to do it over Cause, there. Because, yeah, it's, that is, you're, yeah, you're kind of equidistant from a lot more shit. Yeah, and it's just a straight-up direct flight, and they just have such a volume of flights that go in and out of there that uh, it's yeah. just pretty easy to do. Have you ever been on an A380? I have. Really? Actually. I've never yeah, been um, on one, dude. I'm, I'm fucking obsessed with them. So I came back uh, mid last year in late May. I was either going back to the U.S. or I was going to do the Isle of Man TT races over off the coast of Ireland on okay. Isle of Man. I don't know if you know about that, mm-hmm. where they go ripping through the uh, – basically, there's this Isle of Man, which is the name of it, mm-hmm. and it's off the coast of Ireland. And the entire island basically gets shut down and turned into a giant racetrack. So if you've ever seen the videos of those sport bikes just blasting yeah. through this old town, like 180, yeah. that's the Isle of Man. Okay. The whole whole place turns me like, I think it's a 35-mile circuit. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So I was going to go to Dublin, do the whole Guinness factory thing, and then hop on a flight over there to watch it. And then I checked the, the um, forecast. It was going to be rain for a week. So I canceled that, and I ended up coming home uh, to the U.S. And I, I was flying out of – it was Abu Dhabi that time on an Etihad flight – and it was an A380. And um, that that fucker's big. So I was sitting on the left side just in front of where the wing started. Uh-huh. And I looked out. And you don't really have a scale of how big it is until you're sitting in there. And while we were sitting on the ramp, I just kind of fell asleep in my chair because um, I had worked night shift. And uh-huh. I was basically hopping on that plane. And I was just going to sleep on the plane. And I woke up and looked out. And we were moving. And I thought we were taxiing. And then because we weren't going what seems like that fast. And then suddenly it just takes off and i'm like what the fuck how are we flying i thought we were doing like 30 miles an hour but because it's so big you don't really have a sense of how fast it's moving yeah yeah it just took off i was like huh that's quite interesting that's insane yeah i mean aside from that i I wouldn't really like the upper decks or anything like that in first class it's just economy because it's cheapest round trip yeah but um i mean big old plane (sighs) no complaints about it really yeah do you say no complaints about it (laughs) I thought you were no making complaints, a I thought you were yeah. saying a, I thought you were going to make no, a no. pun. I was going to be like, Sean, that's strike one, buddy. You get two no, more, no. and then you're banned from the podcast. <laughs> I'm not that good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, then, shit, I guess that strike works against me. Fuck. Yeah. Well, I got two more strikes, and then I'm just going to hand off the podcast to Sean. It'll be Sean cast. But um, it's 
Yeah, I was te- not that you gave a fuck, and not that anyone asked. I was I, I don't know out of like nowhere. I got I'm getting the I'm getting the warning for my podcast with you in ten minutes. Um, yeah, it's a. Okay. I was I was fine with flying forever, and then I don't know what the fuck happened in like 2011. I just got terrified of it for no reason, and then it just went away in 2016. Point being, is since then I have I've always wanted to go on a 747 and an A380. I've just the 747s are almost impossible to do now because everybody's retiring. Yeah, they're all putting them. And out it's, of even the A380s. The problem is it's yeah. almost not cost efficient to get four engines running when you yeah. can have two larger, more efficient ones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the seven seven the seven seven. Yeah. Triple sevens and the seven eighty sevens, A three fifty. So yeah. in the the year that I went over to the UAE to the year I came back, I had traveled quite a bit because I had the means to do so. I think I counted I was on almost thirty individual flights. Yeah. In that that one year. So I was flying all the time. And I flew enough that I figured out which large aircraft I actually preferred. Um the triple seven school. If you sit in the very back, because I got like one of the last row seats one time where the fuselage kind of tapers in, you get a little extra room because they don't have room for a third seat there, okay. but it's a bit noisier because yeah. you're behind the engines. Yeah. Um, the 787 is all composite aircraft, and it's got the mm. oblong windows. The Dreamliner. Yeah, you can change the uh, opacity of it. Oh, fuck. Um, there's not a shade. You just press the button, and it gets dark and gets light, which is super cool. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, you can actually look up videos on them. Those are pretty cool, and they're overall pretty smooth and quiet. Um, however, their engines are really fucking loud when they start up on yeah. the ramp for whatever reason. Yeah. And then the Airbus A350, I finally got a flight on when I was officially leaving Dubai. I was flying from on British Airways from Dubai to London Heathrow. Okay. And I ended up getting a and got an entire row to myself. But that plane was super smooth and super quiet and hands down if i have to choose a big plane to fly on now it's going to be the a350 really and british airways is pretty awesome too i fell asleep and basically woke up in london just just smooth yeah yeah have you seen those new ge90 engines yeah the ones that are on the triple sevens and stuff like that (laughs) i have a buddy that flies or used to fly triple sevens for um emirates really you think you get them on the podcast uh, I mean, I could ask. You can ask. I mean, hey, it's a ninety-five yeah. percent. It's it's a ninety-five percent rejection rate. Like no bullshit, it's a ninety-five percent rejection rate. So, yeah, ask. I don't give a fuck. He'll probably say no, but please yeah. do. That um, would be really cool. He used to travel. He lived in Dubai, so I'd always go up and hang out with him. We'd go to brunches and get on his boat and everything. Uh, but he would travel all over the world. And, you know, we'd have WhatsApp was the thing over there because you'd have mm-hmm. to pay for each individual SMS. But. um He'd be texting me. He's like, all right, I'm in South Africa, but I'll be home tonight if you want to hang out. And he'd bring things from all over the world. Um, so he'd bring, like, wines from Europe and everything. And he brought some um, ostrich meat from South Africa one night that we uh, grilled up. Um, never got any kangaroo meat from Australia. But he'd text me and be like, hey, I'm going back to the States for a day. Do you need anything? And I'd get him to pick me up things from the States because, you know, he could carry on basically whatever he wanted. So I had him pick me up a... Uh, those like one dollar boxes of Kraft mac and cheese from Walmart. Fuck yeah! Because over there they're like five dollars each, okay. and they're hard to find. So they're like, hey man, mac and cheese if you don't mind. You brought me back a suitcase full of them. I wonder how much that actually ended up costing. Like in ge- like, not 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 to you, but like the actual it cost somebody <laughs> to fly him over the ocean. Well, the thing was like he was the the pilot flying the whole that, plane but, from yeah. yeah Dubai to the U.S. So yeah. he was going regardless. He can just stuff a suitcase. Oh yeah, whatever he wants. Well, that's what I mean. I mean somewhere someone paid for it there is there was a value of it right 
yeah, fuel. Yeah. That's what I mean. I wonder what the actual cost was. Um, oh, I don't know. It's, Quite a bit. They're, those things aren't cheap to fly. No. And it's, I mean, like, I know for a fact it's cheaper that in the U.S. we'll send, like, we'll ship an entire ship of, like, like clams or something. Like, or not clams, oysters. I don't know what, shrimp. We'll Overseas. send, yeah, we'll send it to China, have them, like, mm-hmm. take the shell off and bring them back. It's cheaper to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's weird. But yeah, with the with the with the A three eighty, it's yeah, they're I, I hate to see it, but yeah, they're already they're taking them out of service because it's they just can't you they don't make as much money as just a bunch of like yeah. medium sized planes doing more for flights. them to be cost efficient they have to be almost completely filled every time. Yeah. Which especially right now is just not happening. But so I I'm pretty sure that some companies once COVID started, they kind of accelerated their retirement program for them because they were going to phase them out. I think yeah. a couple turned them into cargo planes. Probably. Um, I mean, because they're quite large. And then I want to say KLM was retiring their last 747s. Mm-hmm. Might have been KLM, might have been Qantas, can't remember. Yeah. Somebody was doing it. Because um, I never got to fly on one either because I always wanted to. But the 380, if you look at the dimensions, they're, I think, slightly larger. The are they 380s? Are, yeah, they're larger. The triple sevens are very, very close yeah. in comparison to the seven forty sevens. Yeah, um, but they're phenomenal planes, regardless. The A three eighties I know had some issues with the wings and stuff like that because they're all aluminum, to my knowledge. You're not a lot of composites. Yeah, and so basically, by the time it got developed and rolled out, it was almost out of date. Yeah, well, so and the, the yeah. Dreamliner started development in the late nineties, early two thousands. It's composite and everything, and it's just it's much more efficient. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, it's it's a money maker to. Yeah, it's less sexy, but it's the money maker. I mean, like the yeah. the plane, and I mean the plane is sexy. I mean, like in general, it's not the, the biggest double decker airplane. Instead, yeah. it's like it's you know it's like you're gonna make more money with Uber than you are driving a bus. If yeah. they had an A380 in an all coach setup, it, I think it could hold over 800 people. That's insane. Yeah, there were plans for the yeah. A380-8 or the, the Dash 900 and the Dash 1000. And it was because Jesus. I didn't know this, but it's actually not at its full. It, its wings are rated for a bigger fuselage. They built that in for the yeah. because they knew it would be cheaper to just build bigger wings from the get go. And if they yeah. wanted scale up, so it's not even scale. It's not even in its final form for the yeah. meme. But it's what's it's, possible yeah. via math and what's possible via your bottom line are two separate things. Absolutely, in this case. absolutely. So it's I'm so upset that that the I mean I get it, but that the new the new order for the new Air Force One isn't going to be an A380. It's going to be uh, a new seven forty a new seven forty seven. Dash eight, I think eight I is what it is. Well, you got to realize Airbus is European. Yeah, well, it's one. It's bad optics too. Yeah. When they build them here, the, you're not just snagging them off the flight line. It's like um, the Secret Service and I guess other government agencies are there from like you choosing yeah. what composites you're using because they don't. Are you putting a bug built into the wall? Or are you making a, you know, are you putting in bubbles where something might stress fracture? It's they watch it. From what I the documentary I watched, they said Air Force One is the its similarities with the seven forty seven are four engines and the shape, and that's about it. They said yeah. from the inside, they said it's it's something completely else. It's just yeah. it's wearing it's wearing the puppet, it's wearing the mask of a seven forty seven because yeah. you want to have that mass produced thing. So anywhere you go, the pieces are basically 
there. Except, yeah, exactly. I can eat it. As opposed to having, like, you know, a hyper-unique plane, right? Yeah, it's... and if I understand correctly, the 747s they bought for it were actually um, bought by some sort of, I think, Russian diplomat or something, and they ended up not delivering on it. So they just snagged those, and they're just going to modify them. Double-check uh, me on that, but I think that's what ended up happening. Fucking A. It's, yeah. But, God, I would have loved to have seen the A380 become the Air Force. I've seen some, like, mock-ups of an A380 Air Force One. Oh, it's so sexy. Oh, yeah. They need a new paint scheme, in my opinion. But the 747 is a very iconic American plane. Yeah. Uh, it's basically the plane that shrunk the size of the world in half, as some people would, yeah. would say it. Yeah, the Queen and of the Skies. Yeah. Queen of the Skies, basically. But I feel like they need to do an A380 because... Like the first, the first Air Force one, like FDR had a plane that wasn't officially one. Truman's was the first like regularly used one, and it was called the Sacred Cow, which is kind of weird. But and Truman used to actually shit. He'd have the pilot dump the uh, septic tank over the states of the senators he didn't like. Truman was fucking crazy. He'd come out like pants around his ankles, like screaming. They said he'd be like manic. Kind of weird. You know, I guess it makes sense to the guy that dropped the bombs. If you go to the U.S. Air Force Museum in Dayton, Ohio, they have, I think, two Air Force Ones right now. They have the um, Constellation from way back in the day. Eisenhower's, yeah. Eisenhower's, and then they have the... JFK's. Seven, whatever it was that JFK was Mm -hmm. using. Yeah. And then they have a a little King Air hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. Air Force One, essentially, because yeah. whatever he's on, it becomes Air Force yeah, One. It's, yeah, it's, it's uh, technicality. But they have the presidential one hanging up there above yeah. those two. And then I think they said they were going to get one of the 747s or something. I can't remember. Yeah, because the one... you know, yeah. years in advance, yeah. but well, cause someone's I mean, getting it. I think it's them. I mean, I don't know who yeah, who else would get it, right? It's Yeah, like, it would, it's them. Yeah. It's, it's going to get it, because they've got all the other cool stuff. They've got the only Valkyrie in yeah. existence. Yeah. Stuff like oh, that. Oh, the XB-70? Yeah, the only one that's left is in their museum. Oh, that thing is so... That thing is... You need to go see it in person. I know I do. It is... I have... I am in love with that plane. Yeah, go go see it in person, along with the A-12 that they have. The and, ox cart. Uh, yeah, and then they've got a B-2 in there. One of my oh. buddies actually um, was on the B-2 project back in the 90s. Oh, shit. And um, he was telling me about it. He's like, when I first saw that and stood inside of the bomb bay of it... I just kind of sat there and thought, this is the most deadly weapon that has ever been essentially developed in the world, and I'm yeah. working on it. Yeah, I, which have, I thought was pretty cool. I had episode one six one, this podcast, Brigadier General Robert Spaulding, B two Spirit pilot, retired pilot, and uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. He he he's more famous. He was in Obama's National Security Council and was removed for ringing, raising flags about China's monopoly on five G. Uh, infrastructure and he wrote the book Stealth War How China is Waging a Silent War Against the U.S. Fantastic book Terrifying but he was also amongst other things just so happened to be a former B-2 Spirit pilot and yeah. uh, I asked him about it at the very end I was like what's it like to fly it and he goes it's the first time he smiled the whole thing he goes it's amazing he goes it's the single most deadly weapons platform ever developed by man yeah and, it's, yeah. and I'm flying it yeah it's just yeah it's, when I first started that pot, you can go go look at it. When you start, this guy is staring through my fucking soul, just stoic. Just he's a cool guy. I email him, and he's you know he's a neat guy. He's a fun guy. But like, I was like, this guy's staring through my soul. And then it like dawned. I kind of relaxed a couple minutes in. I'm like, 
it makes sense because this guy's a B two spirit pilot. Like they don't they don't recruit yeah. pussies. It's yeah. But there's only like twenty or thirty of them in existence. Yeah, no, to fly. Yeah. So you got to choose a wisely. B twenty one Raider supposed to be coming out, and they said that they might be deploying them to the South China Sea by the end of twenty twenty one. Might right. Might hint hint. Yeah. Think. Yeah. That and um, I mean in, in October twenty thirteen they or November twenty thirteen they. Uh, Skunkwork, uh, Lockheed Martin Skunkwork said that they've begun development on the SR-72. Yeah, I saw something about that, but we'll see what ends up happening. Yeah, I mean, there have been rumors of a replacement since, like, the 80s, but, you know, they, yeah. said, they said Mach 6. Fuck yeah. yeah, hypersonic stuff is all the rage. I got a buddy that actually works on hypersonic weapons down here. Fuck yeah. I think I, I, think I tried to get you to get him on. I don't think so. Can you try? He won't tell you anything. I guarantee. Okay, I got it. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I got in touch. I, with... I've talked to him before at his house, and I was like, "Hey, like when these things come in, like don't they create a big plasma thing around them that's like super uh, easy to find on radar?" And he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> like ah, got you on something. Gotcha. That's what you're working on. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. it's a uh, yeah. I tried to get on Doctor. Oh. Don't let me keep you. By the way, I'm going to keep talking because I can keep talking. I just you tell me when you got to go, all right? I'll go in a few. Yeah, you're yeah, fine. You tell me. Um, I tried. To, I got in touch with um, back in like July, Doctor Al Romig, R O M I G, the former head of uh, Skunk Works. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna have this guy on. It's gonna be great." And uh, he was like, "Yeah, why don't you like like field some questions for me?" And so I was like, "All right." So I went on to Reddit and I went to our Special Access Special Access Programs, which is like a step above TSSCI. And it's just, yeah everyone's like oh i got these and it's people that it's more than just like what's the fastest plane we have you know it's actual like geeks kind of like we're geeking out right now it's like oh ask him about this and that so i sent him this list of uh questions and he was like i'm going to have to uh cancel the podcast he's like uh there are a lot of things that like i can't talk about and yeah he's like this is this is kind of the scope of these questions is a lot different than I would have thought they would be, and I was like, "Yeah," I was like, "We can dial it back. Like, I can play stupid. I can ask." And he was like, "I'm, I'm gonna have to refuse." And I was like, "Motherfucker!" <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, I tried to impress him with like, but I, and I think I ended up being that ended up being my downfall. Um, I know someone you could podcast pretty easily with, um, probably pretty easily, but very interesting. Bill Booth, the guy I told you that had jumps into the poles and developed the tandem skydiving system. He's got a lot of really cool videos on YouTube. Um, that kind of go through his life how he developed it all his experiences and everything and he lives in deland florida and i think he also has some sort of lake house up in the new england area where you are yeah but uh he's a really chatty friendly guy he's got a huge beard that's like down to here yeah i remember you telling uh, me about him you might be able to get him on there and he could probably talk for several hours fuck yeah but if you do that, I would probably suggest actually get, know, get, fielding questions, yeah. you know, watching his stuff first yeah. and, and figuring out what you would want to ask him and write it down. Yeah, yeah, no, someone oh. like, yeah, th- yeah, those bigger those bigger guests, I yeah, I try to find books or articles on them. I, yeah, I, I try to do my research so it's not just like, yeah. so you jump for, out of planes, right? Yeah, for example, like he's the guy that developed it, and yeah. in the early days, the uh, the cable housings that have the cables that release the risers if you have a uh, emergency or anything like that, um, they were made out of old phone booth cables that braided stuff. It Jesus goes to the end of it. But the it. thing was, when he was building these these rigs early on, if you wanted those hard housings, you had to supply it yourself. So everybody was just robbing all of these phones just for that cable for their skydiving rigs. Fuck. And uh, eventually he found a manufacturer or a supplier that would actually supply it to him instead of everybody having to steal it from all the pay phones. 
Fuck that. I'm gonna write down yeah. his name. Yeah, just little things like that. His name is Bill Booth. Yeah, I just wrote it down. I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. And if I did that, I would feel. I would also. Yeah, I would. I would get. <clears throat> I would get your help to field questions, so it wasn't just like a totally like. Because people like again, people like that. It's like it's very clear that I'm having them on because they'd be a bigger guest, right? And get yeah, more yeah. viewers. But because of that, I don't want to just like. That's why I Bullshit try to really them, yeah. research guests because I'm like I don't want to just bring them up here and like look at my new trophy everybody subscribe like and share and it's like because that's just like a fuck you to them so I try to actually yeah. you know learn if about you them. Watch, if you watch his whole video, I think I found it on YouTube. I could probably find it later for you. It's like an hour, two hours on just his life and development okay. through everything. You could probably generate pages of just talking points, not even questions, but just talking. Just at least something, like yeah. That. At least something informed. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would do. Yeah, it's the, I don't. Yeah, it's. <clears throat> I try to make it worth their time and actually ask them something unique. As a yeah, you could also um, the people that somewhat regulate the skydiving community are called the USPA, the United States Parachute Association. I'm sure for publicity, the head of the USPA or some of those people would be willing to do a podcast with you yeah. as well. Fuck yeah! I have to pay their membership dues every year, which reminds me I need to do that this month um, to keep my ratings current. But yeah. they they do a lot of stuff for skydivers that. Skydivers always bitch about having to pay for the yearly memberships and everything, but they kind of keep the FAA off your back and yeah. make all the rules and regulations because if the FAA does it, they just shut you down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're, you know, fan hammer yeah. for everything. Just, fuck you. Yeah. It's like them. Yeah. Bands. You so, do it right. Yeah. Bands. So the USPA kind of insulates us from okay. the FAA. Little barrier. Yeah. I saw, kind of going back to what you're saying about hypersonics, I saw a, a recent article, recent, it's probably been around forever, but recently declassified. Um, about how they found that like putting a laser on the front of a hypersonic craft or warhead it they used the laser to like flash heat the air right in front Make of it thinner. well in but by and then it cre it creates a it creates a plasma in kind of like putting the ablative material on the X15 they create like a burning like almost a burning shield in front of the actual warhead as opposed to on it and it allows it allows for things that would normally go Mach 5 to Mach 6. They said they can get these fuckers cooking up to, like, Mach 15, Mach 16. Like, Jesus. Yeah, like, four, like, insane. <coughs> like, like, they said it wasn't, like, a, mar a marginal increase. It was, like, a two to 300% increase in speed. They just ablate, yeah, ablate the material, or, like, the, literally the air. They heat up the air right in front of it, and it's, like, an artificial, perpetual heat shield. And yeah, also, I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. You know, um, I also know someone else that you could do that might be interesting in the wingsuit skydiving world. Yeah. Um, the guy that started the company Squirrel, who makes all the, the wingsuits, which people always call every wingsuit squirrel suits. Okay. Um, his name is Matt Gertis, M-A-T-T-G-E-R-D-E-S. And you can find um, all this information and stuff on his website. It's squirrel.wingsuit okay. or .ws. I can just send it to you here in the chat. Okay. Um, he could talk all about developments of wingsuits and stuff like that. And there's a lot of interesting people there. You could probably turn into one, two, three hour podcast as well. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, man. Anyone, you know, whatsoever, please. And anyone listening, please just comment or email me. Tommy's podcast at Gmail. Um, last week I, I had on that guy that investigates uh, medical serial killers, special agent Bruce Sackman, mm -hmm. which is just a terrifying thing to consider. These guys do. These doctors will have kill counts. 60 yep. 70 80 90 just yeah psychopaths and um but yeah i was like can you put me in touch with someone and he put me in touch with a guy i had on two days ago 
Jack Garcia, 6'4", 390, undercover FBI agent, the only undercover FBI agent. To I, ever, I saw something about that. Yeah, to ever be the Gambino family tried to tried to turn him into a made man, and then they busted yeah. them. But yeah, yeah, that was just, I just asked another guest, I'm like, can you put me in touch with anyone interesting? So I'm finding I need to do that more, is use the guests uh, I already have. Luke Aiken, the guy that jumped without the parachute into the net, you might be able to get him. Luke Aiken? Yeah, uh, L-U-K-E-A-I-K-E-N. He's the one that did that jump into the giant uh-huh. net with no parachute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Matt Gertis, I know, knows him fairly well. Okay. I've never met either of them, but I know just through the skydiving community, sure. they know each other. And I think they jumped together. Sure. Um, so you might be able to talk to that guy. I'm pretty sure he's on Facebook. You can probably just contact him there yeah. or, it's, I don't know, some other way. Yeah, finding guests is always the weirdest. I found my own, like, law. One is, like, ghost rate. I found it's an, it's... It's a natural law that there's a 95% ghost rate. And that's neither affirmation or rejection. It's just ghost. Yeah. Of the five that respond, I find it's a 4% rejection, 1% approval, which is fine. If you're just willing to do the volume, then you can get them. And the other law I'm finding, Tommy's law, is the easier it is to find their contact information, the harder it is to get them on the podcast. Yeah. Which is an inverse rule. Which which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, like, if you throw my name out to any of those guys, you're gonna be like, "Who is that?" Yeah. Oh, he's a skydiver with 2,700 jumps, like 2,600. Ah, who cares? There's a bunch of those. Yeah, yeah. No, so. yeah. I mean, I'll send. I mean, I'll send them. And be like, "Hey, I've had on a skydiver." Yeah. No, there's. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's always a weird kind of. You find someone, and you. The way to go is like sometimes you can find like an old. <clears throat> you'll find like their MySpace email they signed up with or something. Yeah. And it's like. Long shot. Yeah. Well, no, it's actually. The more obscure the email is, the better the chance of getting a response. So, like, if you say, let's say, like, Harry, like J.K. Rowling, right? If you want to, like, J.K. Rowling, like, HarryPotter.com, you're going to find an email that you're not going to get through to. But if you find, like, a an old PayPal account from 2002 and it's, like, a JKR119 Kitty Fan, those yep. ones, they ha- those are ones that people happen to just, like, they check more. Because it's like a personal account, or if it's yeah. if it's not even their name whatsoever, if it's just like Puppy Fan ninety nine. Oh yeah, when I see those, I'm like, fuck yeah, got them. Because <laughs> it's just uh, <laughs> another person would be. So the largest uh, parachute manufacturer is called Performance Designs, okay. and the head guy for that, his name is John LeBlanc, L E B L A N C, I believe. I'm also on Facebook, I'm pretty sure. But you can just call down. Um, they're located in Deland, Florida, and just ask for his contact info or something like that or yeah. just find it online yeah he's a pretty nice easy guy to talk to he's got a ton of videos out there online okay. as well about how he developed these parachutes and, and stuff like that he's super knowledgeable i even like reference his stuff a lot of times for okay. students when they, they want to know something like look here's this video that explains it a little bit this is where i learned it stuff like that fuck yeah all right i've got a list so, i'm gonna yeah of the skydiving world, maybe yeah. you can get one of those guys yeah. to talk to you. Yeah, like I said, I've got a list of hundreds of people, and I just nuke them all. And then uh, uh, another guy, um, he works with Red Bull a lot. He's located in Idaho, where you can legally jump off that bridge. His name is Miles Dasher. Okay. M I L E S D A S H I E R, I think. But you can just Google that one. He's a super cool and friendly guy. I've even jumped with him before, but okay. he's got a lot of videos of him and you know skydiving Dubai and flying through mountains and stuff like that. Fuck yeah. So he's he's probably pretty easily contactable through Facebook as well. Okay, I've got got seven total, six that I can contact on my own. One I need need you to ask that was triple seven pilot. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, I mean, as I just explained, it's ninety five percent. I'm 
I never expect anyone to say yes, so don't feel any yeah. pressure. If he says fuck no, I'll be like, all right, that's fine. But yeah, I'm assuming that's what will happen. But whatever. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Worth a try if you're willing. You got enough interesting people. Yeah. So. All right, my man. Well, do you want to wrap this bitch up? Sure. I gotta go piss again, dude. This is hap- It only happens with the guests. I. It's like muscle memory, because I around episode fifty. I, I've learned to stop drinking so much water. It's called tactically dehydrating. If you're in the military, you'll learn that. Okay. Well, there's something about an unconscious, <clears throat> there's a subconscious thing I do where when I have on one of like the OG guests, like you, I don't even realize it, but I end up drinking a lot more water. And it's almost some weird like muscle memory where I'm like, why am I pissing so much? I thought I got rid of this. And it only happens when I have on those early, it's some weird yeah like ptsd where it's like you gotta drink more water you gotta piss and it's it's just i don't know man you know when you post this you can't put sean Coos talks about skydive dubai it's gonna be skydive dubai aircraft design air force one other interesting people to talk about yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> you gotta it's, skip through everything yeah yeah no i'll just i don't know i'll name it one thing i'll just say skydiving gotten better at that where i just i try to choose one bulk topic i try to choose like what was the most percentage now, I'd say the most percentage was skydiving. Something like that, yeah. yeah. I tried to, I used to try to fit everything in the titles. You can put some skydiving stuff and others. Skydiving and such. Yeah. Skydiving like at all. All right, my man. Well, thank you so much for doing it, man. And uh, I'll put those pictures on the video. And uh, thanks for that list of people. I'm, I'm yeah. going to try to reach out to them all today. And, Let me know how it goes, just out of curiosity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and if I can get any of those bigger ones, I'm going to be hitting you up for a... Uh, question fielding if not yeah if not I'll, I'll bring you on to to walk me through it with them yeah i know that most of those if not all of them have so many videos online you can watch and generate a shit ton on your own and just yeah. talking yeah points. yeah yeah so. yeah no no i'm not trying to outsource my my work yeah, yeah. that's all my that's i gotta do that but um yeah if i can get some like insider questions from you yeah yeah all right my man well safe travels don't die from the uh the hurricane infrastructure wreckage should be here in about five hours i think four hours there's another one coming yeah man it's like our fucking fourth or fifth one i don't pay attention to shit i didn't know till yesterday that there was a new supreme court justice so fuck me but yeah we've had this has been a pretty active year 2020 has been a little uh for everything yeah we took almost a direct hit here in pensacola from a category two about a month ago Fuck that. and like i mean my apartment complex is nothing but blue tarps over the roofs because it ripped off the vents and shingles and everything like that and like i went flying yesterday to gulfport mississippi and just flying all along the coast it's just nothing but blue tarps because i think um gulf shores alabama was the one that took the direct hit but they're like not far from us at all because yeah. we're on the line essentially yeah. Um, so, and everything so, just got wrecked. So, well, I still have you. I got to ask, what, yeah. why do Floridians stay down there if this is just like an annual thing? Like God just runs, just drags his dick through your city. Well, here's the thing is, as long as it's not like a super severe one, they're just going to stay just out of convenience alone because constantly running away from hurricanes is well, I mean, just No, annoying. I mean just moving in general. Easier said than done. Just like. And yeah. if I lived through one hurricane, I would be like, fuck this. I'm going to wherever, Montana or Georgia. I'm, I'm just gone forever. I just wouldn't well, do it again. It depends on the severity. This is something even I learned recently. Is it depends on if you're on the east or west side of it. Okay. Um, I guess the east side is actually the more severe side of it. Okay. So if you're getting hit by the west side of it, like, yeah, it's going to be windy and rainy, but only I Doable. dealt with it before. Yeah. yeah. But shit that, like, destroys everything, in your words, blue tarp blue tarping it 
Yeah, like I mean, there's most of our buildings in our apartment complex here have blue tarps over them. But but is so, it just luckily, like I, yeah? Is it just the rest of the year? It's like it's until it's enjoyable. The roof gets replaced. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, um, what what I mean is is that why you stay? Because the rest of the time it's like well, it's, I enjoy living here so much that I'm willing to do whatever thirty sixty yeah, days. Yeah, I mean, of there's positives and negatives. Everything like you live in what was it, Boston or something? I'm in Maryland right now. I'm from, Maryland. I'm from New yeah, England. Yeah. Yeah, you're in Maryland, so upsides, great, great seafood. Downsides, it's Maryland. It's cold as fuck. I hate there's Maryland. Not a lot there's of... no upsides. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It okay. sucks. Good seafood. There's good seafood. <laughs> there's not a lot of terrain you can hike or yeah. go mountain climbing on. Flat, the beaches, gay. yeah, the beaches are pretty. Eh. Yeah. Um, so everything has a plus and minus to it. Yeah. Florida, it's you know, it's Florida. We have some of the world's best beaches yeah. down here. We have, um, like, I just got into diving recently. We have some of the world's best uh, natural springs to dive, yeah. which I sent you a couple pictures yeah. of. Uh, we have good seafood, and it's really just a destination to go on vacation for yeah. a majority of the U.S. is down to Florida. So we yeah. got a lot of cool stuff here. The downside is, yeah, we have hurricanes. You just, yeah. I mean, I could, I could see it if I lived there and fell in love with all of that shit. I could see it where it's more of like, a, eh, it's just two years of the year that you kind of write off, or two months of the year that's kind of fucked, and you just, you know, sometimes it gets worse than others, but... Yeah, I mean, if you want to come down and visit sometime, feel free, I don't really care. Dude, I'm going to come down and skydive. We're going to do an episode while skydiving. It's just going right. to be me screaming and crying. I mean, I take videos and stuff like that, so you can have those, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff down here. Once they fix some of the fucking bridges, you can go back to the... Uh, the Civil War forts down here and go to some of the natural yeah. springs and swim around. Fuck and... yeah. I've only been to Florida once. It was the interview at Miami Medical School in 2013. Miami's and... a, such a different part of Florida. It's so far south. Like, it's actually... So I'm from Kentucky. It is longer for me to drive to Miami than it is for me to drive home to Kentucky. Jesus Christ. Well, because Miami's the bottom right corner the, of yeah. Florida, which is a big L shape. Yeah. I'm in the top left corner of the yeah. Edge of where Alabama is. Yeah. So it's it's a long way down there for me. Yeah. When I went down to Miami, I was like, if I get into med school here, like I just, I'm gonna need just a white suit and like yeah, like reflective glasses. Like that's the only Dude, way you can fit in. I went to Miami last year with a buddy. We went down to the Keys for a couple of days and we flew into Miami and like I knew there were a lot of, you know, Cubans and Hispanic people there. I didn't realize Spanish was the primary language spoke there. Oh yeah, no. It's it's more like a it's more like we have a U.S. embassy there, kind of. Dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I it's mean, awesome. and every, everybody's dressed like Pitbull. Yeah, yeah, and, that's uh, what I mean. That's what I mean. And my white and, ass is there, and I'm like, I'm interviewing at med school, and I'm like, I am not going to work out down here. Yeah, and then we went to a, a Cuban restaurant called Versailles. Which it was, the only reason I chose it is because it was like the top-rated one on Google with like 12,000 reviews or something. Yeah. And it was cheap, too. It was like 12 bucks for a plate, and I still think about that food to this day. That's really? how good it was. Really? Hands down, it was one of the best meals I've ever had. I remember when I was walking to my interview, I remember seeing a I, – I, it was like glinting, and I was like, what the fuck is that? And there was just – I mean, it looked like from Grand Theft Auto, just a chromed out Lambo. Just yeah. whole, not like a little bit of chrome. I mean, the whole thing. A lot of chrome. Yeah, just a lot. Yeah, the guy, yeah, you're right. The guy looked like Pitbull, just covered in diamonds and bling. He's got the hat. Yeah, and girl with just like, they're not even trying to have real fake tits, just like the 90s, like beach ball tit. And it was just like, I loved it for what it was. I was like, that's <laughs> awesome. This is straight out of a video game, but I don't think I'm yeah. going to fit in here. And uh, yeah. Yeah, my uh, yeah, Florida's got some cool places. Yeah, my uh, my uncle did his residency at um, 
Jackson Memorial back in like the 70s or 80s and uh, I remember he told me when I was going to my interview he was like ask them if they're still the gunshot capital of the US and we were there and and everyone's asking questions and you're like what is the food like and you know are there fun beaches and I was like do y'all still see more gunshot wounds than anyone else (laughs) and I remember like that got all of them to laugh and they were like we don't brag about that but I was like fuck yeah yeah." I was like fuck yeah I think St. Louis is actually up there maybe they took the the crown maybe they took the crown well I know that I know that Jackson Memorial for a time did over 50% of organ transplants in the western hemisphere impressive fun fact and it's also that uncle who went to Duke Medical School, fucking brilliant MD, headed up the Red Cross for a while. This guy's a genius. I remember him telling me, he said, take organ donor off your card. And I said, that's bullshit. He worked in the helicopter receiving zone for, I think, six years. He said, take organ donor off your card, because if it's not, he goes, I can tell you for a fact that there are people, there is a thriving black market willing and ready to pay, and they're not going to try as hard. Anyone else says that, I'd look at them like they're Alex Jones. When yeah. he said it, and this guy is as smart as they fucking come, he gets a little hairy. And yeah, uh, I've never heard anything to the contrary, so... Yeah, so, yeah, I don't really know. I did take organ donor off my card, because it's, again, if anyone else said that, I'd be like, all right, man, tinfoil hat, yeah, the world is flat. Not this guy, he was like, I'm just telling you, he's like, you don't have to, but I'm just telling you. He's like, <clears throat> he's like, you're going to be divvied up before that helicopter lands. <laughs> Because there's a lot of money and a lot of old rich people who aren't going to get on a waiting list, but who can uh, pad the pockets of anyone who's in charge. Hmm. I don't know, man. Over 50% of organ transplants in the Western Hemisphere starts to get a little sketchy. So uh, shout out to my Uncle Tom and uh, shout out organ harvesting. I guess go hustle. And uh, this podcast has gone off into the weeds. So let's wrap this bitch up. You, you can just cut that, that little bit out at the end. <laughs> I'm, do, would you like me to? Because I'm not going to. I think it's awesome. I don't, do you want I don't me to? Care. Would you like me to, Sean? I don't care. I'm pretty impartial about that. It is your podcast. It's my hey, and that that is my uncle. That was he's a physician, but um, maybe I can get someone off from Jackson Memorial. Defend your honor. Don't let me talk shit about organ harvesting. <laughs> yeah, there's an episode for you right there. Yeah, I don't know how the fuck I had on a woman yesterday, Mitzi Purdue, who's heads up an international anti-human trafficking fund. And they fight because one big and one of the ending options for a trafficked woman, suicide, overdose, organ harvesting. It's one of those three. That's interesting. That's terrifying. Well, yeah. Interesting. interesting Definitely interesting. Horrifying. Well, for anyone that tuned in for uh, skydiving, the first 95% of the podcast, you're probably fine. For these (laughs) last 5%, sorry you had to go down that rabbit hole with us, but hey. I don't know. I got nothing to say. Sean, I appreciate it, buddy. I'll text you. Excuse me. I'll text you when uh, it's uploaded, and um, I'll reach out to those people today, or at least try to, and I'll uh, yeah. keep you in the loop. All right. All right, my Let man. Know. All right, God. Stay safe, buddy. Safe driving. Don't die. Fuck COVID. Fuck 2020. God bless everybody. <laughs>